This show has explicit language and probably has mature themes. John, will you give that lick a spin? Explanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia, watched some Trey the Explainer about it on YouTube, and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. Hi, David. Hey, Dex. What's How's good? it going? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. What are we learning? We're going to be talking about gigantism and island gigantism. Oh, fuck First yeah. First gigantism. Okay. Yes. Hell yes. Okay. Fuck yeah. All right. So, Catalina gig- Mammoth. Yeah, I need to know much about it. Uh, we'll start with a regular ass gigantism, though. Um, Wikipedia quote is a con- it's a condition characterized by excessive growth and height significantly above average. In humans, this condition is caused by overproduction of growth hor- hormone. Usually by a tumor, correct? Yeah, right behind the pituitary gland. Yeah, which is a pea-sized gland at the base of the brain. And it, like, secretes a bunch of hormones that are responsible for a bunch of different shit. Yep. Like, here's another Wikipedia quote. Hormones secreted from the pituitary gland help in controlling growth, blood pressure, energy management, all functions of the sex organs, thyroid glands, and metabolism, as well as some aspects of pregnancy, childbirth, nursing, water and salt concentration at the kidneys, Temperature regulation and pain relief. So, in a way, it is like the hormone supercenter of your brain. Yeah, and how? And it's only pea sized. Yeah. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That kind of blows my to, mind. Well, yeah. When you think about neural material, you have, you know, trillions of neurons. Yeah. And your brain is is measurable in cc's, cubic centimeters. Yeah. Uh, obviously thousands but yeah. still um so yeah i i it it does blow your mind but it also gives you a greater context or a greater picture into like how active every part of your brain is really yeah. like it takes a lot of computing power to produce consciousness well yeah and that's not even conscious Oh no, that all part, of that, that of course part. is not conscious. That's yeah. just that's just maintaining like I'm sure our pituitary gland is not substantially different than that of most mammals. Yeah. It just performs somewhat differently. Yeah. So back to gigantism. Almost all gig- all cases of gigantism are caused by a tumor that grows from the back of the pituitary gland. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And I wonder why that area is so tumor prone. Yeah, and it's only called gigantism before fusion of the growth plates, which generally happens between age 12 and 16 for girls and 14 through 19 for boys. Okay, so if you get a tumor after that. It's called acromegaly, but we'll get into that. Let's, okay. Um, let's talk about growth plates and long bones. Okay. Um, so growth plates or epiphyseal plates are cartilaginous plates at the end of long bones where lengthening growth happens. Okay. 
So long bones are longer than they are wide, and they're one of five types of bones. There are long, short, flat, irregular, and sesamoid. <laughs> and I didn't even look into what sesamoid is, but I'm going to look into that later. Okay. So yeah, after after um, the cartilaginous plate at the end of... Cartilaginous. Thank you. Uh, fuses, and it usually happens at the end of puberty. Um, it's called acromegaly. And so they don't grow as much, but they continue to grow. Okay. Um, and it's the adult form of the disorder. That makes sense because your it's your pituitary gland is still going out like haywire, but not during your major growth phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So typical symptoms of acromegaly are enlargement of hands and feet, thicker skin, which is why I think they can take some jokes. I'm just <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just had to do it. Deepening of the voice and vision problems. Um, those are just common side okay. effects of having acromegaly. Let's talk about some famous giants. Yeah. So on this one documentary about quote unquote giants, a bunch of people they interviewed talked about how they overhear that they're used as landmarks. What? Like in concerts and stuff. Like people will just be like, oh, hey, yeah, you see that really tall guy over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're over near him. <laughs> And I never really thought about that, but it's like life encompassing. Like every single thing you do is affected by by being that big. By being that big. That makes sense. Walking yeah. through doors, standing in hallways. I mean, one might not ca- driving cars. One might not typically like, think of it this way, but it is in fact a disability. Absolutely. Because kind absolutely. of the, the the newer definition of disability. I mean, especially I think you, if you don't think of it as a disability, you should. Right, but I think people think of like Andre the Giant and the WWE. Oh yeah, but um, that was causing him horrible pain. We'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. But yeah, it is a it's, disability. Yeah. Primarily because if you think about it, the, the reason something is common. a disability is because partly the world is built for people who don't aren't built that way. Yeah. So like the yeah. reason, you know, um, one thing is handicapped and something else isn't is because the world isn't conducive. The world we've built I isn't conducive point. to the person I see with that the point. handicap. That's a, that's a good point. Similarly, a lot of giants and people with acromegaly are famous just because like their height and stature draws yeah. a lot of attention, whether yeah, it be exactly. from like, whether it be from like sports organizations or the Guinness Book of World Records or just like walking around. Entertainment in general. Entertainment in general. Um, so we're not going to talk about very many, but let's start about start by talking about Andre. Yep. Um, that HBO documentary was fucking awesome. I, I don't haven't I seen it. That. There's no, HBO I watched documentary an, another documentary, an older one. Um, he was six three by the time he was twelve years old. Yeah, who is the author? Who there's a famous author used to ride him to school in the back of his oh, pickup. Really? Yeah. yeah, I can't remember that. Oh my goodness, man! Um, I wish one of our listeners would look that I... up and email us because I want yeah, that to be do. Uh, on on this at some point. Yeah, there was a famous author, French author, who um, drove him to school every day in the back of a pickup. I remember that because he couldn't ride the, in the car. It was in the dock. Um. So, but one thing he could really do was drink. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is one of my favorite things about him, just because, I don't know, it's impressive. He could, he would regularly drink six bottles of wine before going into the ring. 
<laughs> no one would notice. <laughs> he just drinks. Well, his liver's enormous. Yeah. Um, his unofficial record was 156 beers in one sitting. Jeez. And Hulk Hogan saw him drink 108 beers in 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> during a layover at an airport. Um, I heard a or I saw a story about him where um he was staying at a hotel and he I've got this one, he yeah. got pretty wasted in the hotel bar and then he fell asleep on the floor in the of the lobby. lobby and so they just took the piano <laughs> cover and draped it over Cause, him cuz you're not moving that guy No no there's no way there's, there's absolutely no way. no way like especially dead weight It would take like 12 men and they would all break their backs He's like almost 500 pounds <laughs> That would be the worst piece of furniture you'd ever move. Yeah. Another famous wrestler with acromegaly is Big Show. He's seven feet. Okay. Um, another famous famous giant is Richard Kyle. And he's the guy who played Jaws and James Bond. Gotcha. And yep. Mr. Larson in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, I didn't he realize really he has funny. acromegaly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carol Stroykin is seven even, and he's the dude who played Lurch on the Adams Family. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Goliath, you heard about that guy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's in the Bible. Oh, that Goliath, the OG <laughs> Goliath. Yeah, I've heard of that Goliath. <laughs> Most... That's why I want. I I wasn't sure what you were talking getting at. <laughs> um. Most most people think he probably had acromegaly, because there's like some lines in the Bible where he says "Come to me," and then also it like mentions that he was led down to the fighting area or whatever, probably because of his vision problems because of acromegaly. Oh, um, couldn't it have just been regular giantism? Well, yeah, it absolutely could have been, but uh, but acromegaly is more common. No. Oh, okay. But like, <laughs> but based on, but based on uh, what Malcolm Gladwell told me in this TED talk, uh, he probably had acromegaly, and it was actually a really great TED talk. This Malcolm Gladwell TED talk about Goliath and David, because if that he, guy is really smart. If he and did, brutally honest, yeah. Because if he did have acromegaly, that was not a story of an underdog. David had actually, like, well, well had the upper hand. Oh, my God. This guy was just huge, but he was, like, blind. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And barely capable of fighting. Slingers, slingers could hit. Birds out of the air. Yeah, slingers were very proficient back then. I and don't think people accurate. are. Uh, yeah, and so I don't think people are quite. If Goliath can even they see were David, almost as on he par approached. with a bow and arrow, basically. Yeah. Not only that, you oh, could train absolutely. slingers faster than you could train bowmen, typically. Well, and but he was a shepherd who was doing it his whole life. Yeah, because they had to. They had to. They learned how to sling at young age in order to be able to fend off predators. Yeah. Um. So, like, if that whole story is true. He was absolutely the overdog, <laughs> and Goliath was the underdog, which is why he's like, come to me <laughs> so that I can rip you up, and Gal- and David's like, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm just going to hit you. Like, 
Also, the stones in that valley, according to Malcolm, were are denser than most stones ever. Oh. And thrown at the rate of a slinger at the time, have the stopping power of a 45 caliber rifle uh, oh, handgun. Oh, man. So, yeah, like, basically, he just went out there and murdered Goliath. No biggie. Yeah, After nice like thing about a sling days. is you don't have to absorb any of the shock of releasing that no. projectile because it's all rotational momentum until you release it. Yep. Which means, if I'm not mistaken, that it releases at a tangent what, yeah, we to were, the point at which you release it. We were talking about it. that in the Coriolis effect. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, let's move on. Call back. <laughs> Robert Wadlow. He's the tallest man in recorded history. Okay, yeah, I've seen his picture. Um, yeah, he died at 22 in 1940. Jeez. Yep, but he was 8'11". Ooh. Um, by the time Dang. he was 13, he was 7'4", and had grown an average of four inches seven, a year. 7'4 at 13? That had to hurt, right? That, that hurt. had to fucking hurt. Like, I'm... Like, I'm six uh, even and hurt when I was growing. Yeah, I had growing pains, and I'm like 5'9". Like, fucking A. And only 17 people in history, in recorded history, have been over eight feet tall. Or verified. Which is nuts. But you want to flip the script? You want to talk about island gigantism? Hell yeah. All right. It's I a, love this it's topic. A two, it's a two-parter. Um, so about a sixth of the Earth's land is made up of islands. And the isolation wow, afforded. That's large. Yeah, are well, we including Australia? No, I don't think so. But we're including One, like New Zealand and Madagascar. And yeah, but Madagascar is the biggest. I think Borneo, maybe the no. What See, I don't. I don't actually know, but I Third. don't think we're including There's Australia Indonesia. because it's One, considered. Six. Yeah, it does seem like a lot. That was just Trey that the Explainer. like Australia. Anyway, so island animals are called insular species. Okay. And when animals get secluded on islands, they tend to get much bigger or smaller than their mainland counterparts. Yep. And this was a f- a describe- is largely described as Foster's rule. Yeah. Um, and it was first proposed by J. Bristol Foster in a 1964 paper where he compared 116 island species to their mainland relatives. Yep. Um, He said that some animals, when isolated on islands, become larger versions of themselves, while others become smaller versions. So not only that, he was able to describe instances where some animals had begun to radiate to fill predator niches that were missing on the island. So herbivores would... Um, radiate evolutionary wise. So like radiation is the idea that there are empty niches in an environment. Mm-hmm. And so um, one species becomes many species, even though they're not living in isolation from one another, simply because of there lifestyle different... changes, basically yeah. different ones thrive, are able to thrive. They lose at one lifestyle. And so they have to pick up a different lifestyle mm-hmm. And um, not compete. And eventually and so they, they breed with different species. One, yeah, exactly. And hold different niches. Yep. And so a lot of times, um, so like with the Catalina mammoth, so Catalina Island, mm. uh, or the, the what are they, the Marshall Islands? What are those? Either one. I didn't, I didn't note it, so I don't remember. So Catalina Island is one of the... Dang it. What are those islands, dude? 
Anyway, it's an island off the coast of California, right off the coast of um, Long Beach, really. And this is unimportant. It had where they are both. No, it's pretty cool because a lot of people, listeners in the United States who live near it, might not know about this, and it's oh, really fucking cool. I'm sorry. I, um, let's cut me interjecting there. So. There, at the same time, there were these dwarf mammoths um, that lived up in the hills, and there were regular mammoths who lived down in the plains of the island. The, oh, interesting. And, and then eventually the plains mammoths went extinct um, as the climate mammoths. changed, and the dwarf, ma- dwarf mammoths persisted. But for long, long time, they lived together. So, yeah, they can, they can range in size and... Um, and it's mostly because of resource availability and competition for those resources. And it might be the availability of predators sometimes. And, yeah, predation. when there's no predators, sometimes it's you don't have to be yeah, like, as me, good at running away, and so you can afford yeah. to be a little bit bigger, and then you can compete with your own kind better. Yeah, like in the case of gigantism, small animals arrive on an island and find that there's an abundance of resources and not enough predation to weed them out. And they evolved to be much larger than the mainland version. Which makes sense because yeah. like if if I'm beefier than the next guy of my small species, I'm probably going to father more offspring or at least be able to protect them better from other males who might want to destroy them or But harm if you're them on the mainland where there are predators, predators I'm gonna be slower and more obvious prey and juicier prey. Exactly. And so like that might not actually be an advantage. There's a reason small things are small. Yeah. They're they are at an advantage being that way. Mm-hmm. But, but if you get on an island when there are no predators, suddenly being a large is huge. the best thing. Yeah. As long as there's enough food to support you. Um, but in the case of island dwarfism, large animals find themselves on an island either without enough resources to support their mass or they don't have to intimidate large predators that they so they don't need to retain their size. So right, like and that's probably what like happened. Being a huge mammoth is you can just intimidate everything else that comes around. Yep, and so that's like a good reason to have to expend all that energy to be that large. Yeah, yep, exactly. Like they, they went down the path of expending a lot of energy over a long period of time to be unassailable mm-hmm. as adults. But the dwarf mammoth gave that up because there were no predators. Yeah, they're um, just spending a lot of energy and on you an know, island. The the Homo sapiens that went to originally. We're gonna get made... to that. We're gonna get to that. Okay. Okay. Um, but and there was a Duke study that looked over a thousand species on an island and found the same thing. Interesting. Okay. Um. So yeah, we were just barely talking about the pygmy mammoth. We just got to a couple examples of island gigantism, and that was a case of insular dwarfism, and they were about five six. Yeah, pretty short. Yep. And like the, that's that's the highest point on them was five six. So this yep. is a mammoth smaller than you and I. Yeah, we could just look them in Not the eye. Not weight wise though. Um and but their land based counterparts could be as tall as fourteen feet. Yeah, it was it was one of the most dramatic extreme. examples of island dwarfism. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And uh, Komodo dragons, uh, I was watching Seeker Plus, and they suggested that the 300-pound Komodo dragon is actually a case of island dwarfism. Wait, what? It's fucking insane. Oh, I've heard about those. There there used to be massive, massive mainland Komodos. I watched a a Trey, Trey the Explainer video about it. 
Um, have you seen Trey the Explainer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His Let's just his give him video on the Amuru They're... people or the Amishi, uh, so good. He's just amazing. Like, if you ever want to know, like, like evolution and just like the nit and gritty of it with with it still being entertaining watch Trey the explainer yeah the, he does an episode on how there's these nit people in japan who are more ethnically related to um the peoples of like the sentinel islands and mm. the aborigines of australia than they are to um the quote-unquote people of the sun yeah I, who live there i think uh, i have seen that and that's who ashitaka from um Princess Mononoke, he's from that tribe. The Ami- okay. He's from the Amishi tribe, which is, uh, I think they're called the Amuru. I haven't seen. It's a really good episode. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, here's what happened with the uh, Komodo dragon, according to Trey the Explainer. So, like, 40 million years ago, a likely small reptile made its way to Australia where there weren't competition for mammals. Like, there were no mammals on Australia at the time. And they, like, became absolutely bulked out, the little reptiles that made their way to Australia. And so they, like, started... Wait, there were no mammals in Australia There were no placental ago? mammals. Oh, yeah, no placental mammals. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, okay, good. There were marsupials. Yeah. And egg-laying mm. monotremes, which is platypuses and... Um, yeah. I actually and, just uh, didn't know... I just didn't know placental because I didn't know what the distinction was. Oh, um, it means that... But now I know. You yeah, just explained it. Yeah, it's the difference between marsupials and us. We um, make placentas. They don't. So, yeah, they they made their way to Australia from India and just, like, fucking bulked out to reach all those niches from predation that were kind of lacking. Okay. And uh, also, during the last ice age, sea levels dropped a bunch near Australia. So a bunch of them made it to places that are now islands. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like there are Com- land bridges like Komodo. everywhere. Komodo, yeah, and at that time, because of the sea level drop, there was a much larger island called Flores. Yep, and a bunch of other cool shit happened there. Yep, um, like you were about to talk about earlier when I cut you off, Homo floresiensis was there. Yes, and Homo floresiensis was like three and a half feet tall. I think it's floresiensis. Floresiensis. Thank you. It's spelled like floresiensis. I just can't read, <laughs> but both. Homo sapien and Homo floresiensis descended from Homo erectus. Yes. And we stayed in Africa and they went to and got stranded on, on the Flores. Yeah, basically they were early. They're an early colonization effort by um, Homo erectus. Homo erectus left Africa many, many different times and became many different species over the course of... Like oh, the- Sorry. Uh, Homo erectus left Africa many, many times and became uh, many species over the course of that, like those different colonization efforts. Um, Neanderthals, uh, Floresiensis. Um, exactly. Many, many different times. Erectus became many different things because of different migration patterns. Also, Flores is still an island now. It's like an island nation. It's uh, its own nation? Yeah. Oh, interesting. The dodo was an example of island gigantism. Yeah, isn't it a pigeon? Yeah. Their closest relatives are pigeons. Yeah. Um, like, way across the ocean. Uh, yeah. That ocean. 
The largest gecko and the smallest chameleon are insular species. Yeah, the smallest chameleon, that's a Madagascar, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's and tiny, it, tiny. it can stand on your fingernail. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cute. Itty bitty, itty bitty. Um, that is what I got about gigantism and island gigantism. You got anything? Mm. There's oh like there's an other cool thing, but I didn't mention it because I don't know enough about it. But apparently, tortoises, giant tortoises, have evolved on islands three separate times. Interesting. Yeah, one of them is extinct, but there is another currently ex- extinct, <laughs> extant. There is a currently extant species of giant island tortoises that aren't related to the Galapagos tortoise. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Get and then there's we, like we a lot of things episode. like that too. Like a big part extinct, of extinct. island gigantism is just feeling the niches. So there was like, there was like, uh lemur type animals on madagascar that fulfilled the same niche as gorillas before humans showed up and there was like giant ass fucking birds all yeah all yeah over. the uh, elephant bird yeah lived on madagascar there were both emu type giant sized birds and predator type giant eagles those giant eagles yeah which apparently the giant eagles were on the same were on the same island where lord of the rings was filmed <laughs> anyway <laughs> That is all I got on. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, Gigantism. humans didn't humans didn't start colonizing um, uh, Madagascar until well into the European medieval era. Yeah, yep, yeah. Actually, New Zealand also um, didn't have mammals except for bats before humans arrived. Yeah, they brought like weasels and stuff, like mongo- yeah. mongoose, cats, and cats and stuff. One of them better get that. Yeah, I don't even think. Anyway, pizza just arrived, but I don't think you could probably hear it. But it's the end of the episode, and we just got pizza. You ready to end this? this yeah, one? I'm. I'm ready to eat pizza. All right, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Cut it. Explanations is recorded at Revan Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and providing them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. Logo and artwork by Monet Moran. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks to Linda for becoming a patron. Thanks, Linda. Oh, thanks, Linda. Yeah. Also, thanks to Nick EE89 for their review on iTunes. You're fucking rad. Likely we got a bunch of things wrong. If you want to tell me about it or just want to bullshit, hit me up at DexplanationsPodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations. Comment on the Instagram. Or if you can find the right one on Facebook too. I'll bring it up on a, in a later episode or do a new episode about it. Oh, and as for you, I've always trusted your intuition. Bye now. <laughs>